0: I think I'm entitled You Want answers. I Want the Truth! You can't handle
1: the truth. Hello free thinkers and welcome back to another episode of the Free Thought Project Podcast. My name is Jason Bassler and joining me today is the Free Thought Project editor-in-chief Matt Agarist. We have a powerful conversation today talking about a topic that's a little bit outside our normal focus, but was absolutely inspiring and uplifting. Our guest today is David Andrew Gay. David with his brother founded the extremely popular Liberty Memes Facebook page. David has been doing incredibly important work the past few months with his page, Wheelchair Vans from Liberty Meme Fans, which has raised $180,000 for the disabled in need of transportation. Welcome to the Free Thought Project podcast, David. We're excited to have you on, and we have a lot to talk about today, including some very important work that you're doing. But before we get into that, like us, you and your brother's page, Liberty Memes, was one of the largest pages that were taken down in October 2018, and what has now become known as the Great Purge. Uh, We lost nearly 6 million fans on that day, and it's been a struggle to rebuild since then. Uh, Could you tell us about Liberty Memes, its history? and uh, what you were doing that, that day when you found out the page was deleted by
2: Facebook? Well, first of all, I am fully convinced now that the metaverse is completely microchipped inside of our brains at this point, <laughs> because this is literally the first subject that I was going to talk about with you. No way. <laughs> well, we, yeah. we did not type about this. We did not come up with this before coming on the show. Yeah. That it's a mutual crazy. pain.
1: It's it's a mutual pain. You know, we, have we both suffered through this and uh, I yeah, know for us, I was it was, gonna say, it was like was gonna a five-year process of building. Was, you
2: know. Well, it's, we're still in that process, obviously. Um, you know, that was from 2000. Both of us, I think, got started somewhere around 2011, 2012, 2013. And it took that long to build an audience that was effective, that people were paying attention to often, that the people were learning liberty content from and getting their first exposure to libertarianism, anarcho-capitalism, anti-state rhetoric, or a- any of these things that, you know, points out the abuses of the state and the values of voluntarism in the free market. And we were really, really, really good. We got to the point where in 2016, we made the top story on Drudge Report one day because they tried to censor us. And then Facebook had to have an emergency meeting of their board of directors where they said, actually, you can't do that to those people. You need to restore everything you've ever deleted from them. And they did. So for two years, we considered ourselves the unzuckable liberty memes because people were unable to take us down for two years where we would post stuff that would get other people deleted, but it would be just fine on our page. And the funny thing is like, the stuff that we've always posted on Liberty memes is it's pretty PG. We're not edge lords. We have a message to deliver, and sometimes that conflicts with an official narrative, and that's when it starts to hurt the people in charge, and that's when they start to say things down. But in October 2018, I I call it the Great Zuckening, and the Great Zuckening hit you first, and it hit about 700 other pages at the same time. But I have this suspicion that because my page was already high profile the last time they tried to do something to it, they didn't want to have to deal with that press issue. And so as soon as it got out of the news cycle, about two weeks after they deleted you guys and hundreds of other pages, they just deleted us. And it was There was no way that I could call up the people who did all those favors and wrote all those articles for Breitbart and Blaze and got us on on Drudge Report and all these other places and say, hey, help me out. They, They deleted my page. Can you believe it? They didn't even tell me why. And it was immediately after completing a fundraiser for someone who lost their home to a house fire. And I'm talking about within like two minutes of that fund hitting its goal. And it was a Facebook platform fundraiser they deleted our page and I had no idea why they never told us why they never gave us a chance to appeal. They never replied to the appeal that, that we tried to file. And it's just like they. when I reached out to the people that could have spread the news for us, they said, we just covered that two weeks ago. You're out of the news cycle. There's no way that I can do anything about it.
0: That's wild, man. I didn't realize that it took two weeks for you guys to go, to go down to like that, that two weeks following the, our purge was crazy, man. Jason and I were going on TV. We were, you know, Rolling Stone was interviewing Jason. I was on RT. We went on Tom Woods. We were just, yeah, we were going everywhere, man. And then it just died down and everybody's like, Oh, well, I guess we're going to deal with the, this mass censorship now.
2: And that was when they deleted us after that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That's crazy.
2: So, but, but we definitely share a battle scar from a, a pretty nasty battle that happened basically at the same time, October, 2018, was a very dark time but fortunately the faithfuls in our audiences have always helped us rebuild they've always helped us find reach again even when we have these algorithm issues if you really are able to convince your audience hey you know this is an important message that we have to spread can you can you help us get back into the news feed still do it and that has been one of the saving graces of the liberty movement and having them around
1: yeah absolutely i've long said that they could uh delete us off the internet, but they can't stop us, right? Because we've built these brands. We've we've built this value on the internet for our communities. And regardless if they take the page down, the page name will pop back up. You know, we're on our, our fourth rendition now for the Free Thought Project and our third for police the police. And I think you guys are probably somewhere up there as well. Is that correct? Yeah,
2: I think where the current page Liberty Memes return, I'm returns, I'm pretty sure is the fifth iteration sure and now you can find that one on facebook.com/liberty meme singular that's the uh, url and but there are a lot of liberty memes pages when they took down liberty memes everybody there was there was a few factors at play there were some people who wanted to be liberty memes and they were upset that they didn't get to be liberty memes and they saw an opportunity and they rebranded and said i'm liberty memes here follow my page and there were a few of them that got uh, like 10, 20,000 likes in the first couple of days because people were so desperate to find us again. And so there's, I, I don't even know, I don't even know all the names. There's just way too many of them. And some of them people think are me, but they're not. I usually only do one at a time. So right now it's Liberty Memes Returns. And I think there's even another Liberty Memes Returns out there. So it has to be the one that's, uh, that has that URL of, of slash Liberty Meme.
0: When was the uh, last time that you had created uh, the the reiteration of the um, of your page of Liberty Memes? Was it has it been recently or you have you been like flying under the radar like us for, for a while now? I,
2: I think in the spring of last year, I had to do one again. I think it had to do with uh, the fact that we were calling something a riot that other people were calling a protest. So that probably got us into hot water. I don't know. <laughs> But I think it was last spring that I had to do another one. I had I had version 3.0 up, and then it was just Liberty Memes again. And the URL was Liberty Memes original page, and they got rid of that. And it's usually right around when we hit thirty to 40,000 people.
1: So correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought what kind of took place was it was more of your fans who decentralized the idea and name of Liberty Memes, and, and instead yeah. of... Uh, you know, just having one centralized page, everybody started to create their own. So that way it was harder for Facebook to kind of play whack-a-mole and take them all down. Is that kind of what happened? Yeah. So,
2: so I'm kind of a, you know, I'm kind of self-centered um, and a knucklehead about it. I, I did say there were a couple of factors at play that that was the other factor at play was okay. that people were like, you can't get rid of us. You're going to have to play whack-a-mole with Liberty memes pages for the rest of your life. Every time <laughs> you try to delete a Liberty memes page, it comes up with five, It's like, cutting a worm into three pieces. You've got three worms now.
0: It was hilarious, too. There were all the pages. Definitely definitely not Liberty memes. <laughs> you know, was, Dick's out was, uh... Liberty memes.
2: <laughs> that one's still up. That one's actually still run. Some of them... It's funny because some of them... Uh... I'm kind of a high pressure salesman when it comes to crowdfunding and help and getting people the help that they need. And a lot of people kind of resent that. So I've had some groups that have fallen off that don't like me anymore, but they still like the name Liberty memes. So they still run the page that says Liberty memes on it, which is kind of funny. But, uh, the, couple that you just mentioned i believe are still good fans and they still care about helping us spread the message so they're they're pretty awesome dicks out for liberty memes that's a that's a funny one (laughs) um they're a little bit more uh i don't know crass or uh they use a a little bit more more (laughs) a little bit more profanity than I'm 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 kind of a it's funny because your audience probably doesn't necessarily share my opinions on religion. I'm kind of like a, a pretty serious Presbyterian, but, uh, but I, enjoyed, I enjoy good jokes. But uh, yeah, that, that page isn't, necess- <laughs> isn't necessarily my audience, but it's okay. I like those people, they're pretty cool. And I like anybody who's out there trying to spread free speech. You know, That's the other thing. We get deleted all the time. And I used to really bemoan the facts. It's like, oh, this social engineering, gosh dang, I can't believe that they're doing this to us again. And I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm proud of this because something I'm saying is bothering these people, (laughs) and they need to hear it. And at some point, we have to stop worrying about I'm not going to share this because it might get me zucked or it might make my friends offended or I might, you know, you know, I might get disinvited to the family dinner or something. At some point, we need to get back to our roots of speaking up when something is wrong or when something needs to be said. And I think we've kind of been lulled to sleep a little bit, even in, the, even in the liberty movement, where people are like, yeah, I agree with you. I'm just here to look at your content. I'm not here to click like. I'm not here to share. I'm not here to comment because you're afraid that you're going to get targeted at your job or whatever. But what happens when you give in to those pressures is you get more of those pressures and eventually you don't have a right to speak up at all. And when it comes time to actually speak out about something, now you don't even have a platform for it.
1: Sounds very similar to the COVID mandates and complying with those.
2: Oh well, sure. I mean, uh, you could apply it to that. You could apply it to the fact that when we brought up that the the IRS was planning to monitor six hundred dollar transactions, we got hit with a fact check on the fact that it hadn't been enacted yet.
1: Right. Oh boy, don't uh, get us, us started. Don't get you know, us started so now, on the fact so checkers. <laughs> so now
2: there's no discourse. So now there's no discourse allowed for things that are proposed. You say, okay, they're planning to do this. Oh, they're not planning to do it because it hasn't been done yet. And that's just I mean, obviously, it's just doublespeak. But this whole idea that you can't have debate about something until it's enacted by government is awfully horrendous. I mean, it's that that completely denies any sort of freedom of the press on an issue? It reminds me of the bailouts. If you guys remember the what was it, the 2009 bailouts? They signed they kind of signed them into law in a way where it was institutionalized so that they don't have to discuss it in Congress anymore. Because I remember during the 2008 campaign for president, it's like John McCain and Sarah Palin and Joe Biden and Barack Obama were all beating the pavement to tell everybody how important it was that we pass this bailout bill. And it was all four of them who are supposed to be campaigning against each other. And three of them took time off the campaign trail to go to the Senate and vote for it. And Sarah Palin did her rounds on the TV shows, all about how we have to save Main Street America. But there had to be a big debate, and they had to give this, they had to make this whole production out of it to get people to go along with it and not call their congressmen and say that they were against it. And then they institutionalized it. So they, they passed it so that you don't have to debate doing that type of thing anymore. And they've done a lot worse since. But that's the thing. If you prevent people from even being able to debate these things, and you say, fact check, that hasn't been done yet, then you open the door to all sorts of horrible things happening. And and I, this is why I do what I do at Liberty Memes. I try to take, and, and I'll, we'll get into this, but I help people. I use my audience to help people in the real world, to show them what voluntarism is about, to show them what a civil society would actually look like if they didn't have to rely on the welfare state or if we weren't overly taxed, or if human beings just treated each other like human beings again, and didn't try to think of every interaction in life life as having some sort of connection to the political circus. Because that's what it is, it's just a circus. And we can actually do other things in the real world for our libertarian philosophy that have nothing to do with elective politics.
1: He's spitting so much truth right now. I didn't want to stop him. Oh, well,
2: you go ahead. (laughs) I'm sorry, I I tend to do that.
1: (laughs) No, no worries, man. Yeah, so much to touch on, on those points you just made. But I know we have a limited time span here today. So let's talk about why we had you on the podcast. So apparently we've come to a time on the internet when meme lords are actually funding wheelchair vans. I mean, that's pretty freaking amazing. You have a page called wheelchair (laughs) vans from Liberty meme fans that's been doing uh, amazing work. Um, Like you were just saying, we usually think that libertarians stay kind of within the the political circuit and any activism kind of stays uh, within those parameters, but you've kind of flipped the script and you used your pages and their influence to fund voluntary donations for people in need. Um, this is amazing work and exactly what libertarians should be doing uh, rather than believing or accepting that government will help others. And uh, yeah, it just makes us really happy to have you on the show. Can you, So can you maybe explain that a little bit more? Tell us how uh, you've helped people and, and the work well, yeah, you're doing.
2: It's funny, it's funny because people expect the government to help others. But this effort that I'm involved with right now, um, helping to crowdfund wheelchair vans and 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 things related to that. For people in need is actually something that the government doesn't do at all. And uh, people tend to assume that the disabled are take care taken care of in every single aspect of their life, and that is not true. Uh, people don't think of the community impact of having to rely on even the services that they provide for the disabled. They and and people also tend to say, "Oh, well, I'm already taxed for this stuff." Th-. They also assume that there is insurance that covers. A wheelchair van for someone who's disabled. That's also not true. There's nothing that covers that. The only thing that's covered for wheelchair vans for the disabled is the installation of a lift in an existing vehicle that you've already purchased. But what's their source of income? How are they going to even buy a van in the first place? And even if they do buy a van with the way the with the way reimbursements are set up from the government for medical equipment in the first place, everything in the medical industry is already terribly inflated because they can get a Medicaid price for it. Mm-hmm. So, when it comes to a wheelchair van, that's also something that, that people would need in a medical situation. They put a markup on it, but it's not covered. So, there's a lot that goes into it. And, you know, even recently, uh, we obviously in this audience would understand that there's a lot of inflation going on and that we're to expect a lot more. And right now the used car market between bailout programs like Cash for Clunkers back uh, about a decade ago and the things we're seeing now, the price of a used car, a reliable used car that you could have for two, three years right now is an average of $29,000 in the United States. That's like to go out and buy a car, that you know, a used car with 50, 60,000 miles on it that'll last you a couple of years, $29,000. Wow. That's a lot. So then go to a wheelchair van and those are going right now for 60 to $80,000 each. Oh, man. We're still fortunate right now that we're at a time where in certain markets, they haven't caught up to that rate and we're able to help people get used vans for around 16,000, 25,000, 30,000, somewhere around there. But even those are not adequate. I had my first exposure to how dangerous a used van is for uh, someone who's disabled from a guy named Tom Quiter. And he was the reason that I launched this project. He said that he had a used van that if he would go over potholes, it wasn't properly uh, classed for the weight of his wheelchair. And when he would go over potholes, he would actually break ribs, fracture his ribs. Oh my God, that's crazy. So, so, and and people would look at him and say, "Well, you've already got a van. What more do you need?" And that's the thing is, a lot of people tend to look at this from this point of view that, "Well, we're already taking care of you guys. Uh, let's move on to somebody else who maybe they missed their rent payment or something like that." And and I, I was talking to my wife about this. She's from Cuba. She's from a communist country. She had to go through a lot. Her father was a political prisoner because he was in opposition to the regime there, and uh, she says. Wait a second, you mean in America, you have people who are complaining that they would rather that people who can walk and go work and make their own money get charity than the people who can't? <laughs> so so I'll actually help anybody that I can. And I'll use my audiences on the main page or in my other groups to help people with that. But my main focus right now is on helping these people, because this seems to me to be a very, very large, neglected subset of our society that... Between being turned inward after COVID, where we just kind of don't have a lot of humanity in us right now, and the excuse of, well, I would do it, but I'm taxed too much already. Listen, if you want to be free of the burden of taxation, you need to prove that there's other means of doing charity in the world. And what better way to lay the groundwork than in one area that the government has completely been incapable of helping and actually holds people back? That's actually
1: something I wanted to mention, because even though taxes have incrementally increased over the years, uh, charity and donations also continue to increase and, and ramp up. So that kind of debunks the whole idea that without government coercion, that no one would really fund social programs or help the homeless or people in need. In fact, it could probably highlight the opposite. Uh, Even when people have the heavy burden of taxation, uh, I think it's like 120 days of every year of work is actually given to taxes.
2: And I think think that rhetoric, I think that rhetoric exists just to justify inflating their budgets again.
1: Right, right, right. No, that that makes sense. So like, you know, if if you're still willing to help others, like they're, they're still willing to help others, even though they're being taxed through the roof you know, it, it kind of makes even more of a case that voluntarily through charity that we can continue to help people and uh, we don't necessarily need government. On, on January 11th, you made the post on your personal page that wheelchair vans from Liberty mean fans raised over $140,000 for 10 it's causes. January
2: 11th, huh? Well, it's uh, February, what is it, the 3rd today? And we're up to a bit over... Hmm, I'd say about 185,000 now, and it's been about seven and a half weeks of the project.
1: Wow. So yeah, are those all, awesome. are those all small donations or do you have big donors or we
2: How's have it? a couple people who might charge in and drop a grand for something, but mostly it's between five and $20. So it's hundreds of people at this point, I believe it's right around 8,000 individual donations in less than eight weeks.
0: That's fantastic, man. I saw your last post a, a week ago or so where it was it was about 177,000 people with 7,000 donations. So yeah, that's a uh, it's incredible that you're able to mobilize that through you know, through this through this group which is, you know, brings out to make fun of the state and open people's eyes to, you know, to the voluntarism, to volunteerism. And
2: where and where is this group? This group is on a platform that's actively censoring us and we're not being censored. Why? Because we're doing something that's unzuckable. It's outside of the political sphere. It's something that's really good. At the same time, it makes a point about politics and about the fact that they can't help anybody, but it also makes a point about what human act- what human action is capable of sure. and what voluntarism is capable of inspiring. And I remember I was involved in the Ron Paul 2008 money bombs, and those were, mm-hmm. if anybody remembers the money bombs, we set world records for campaign finance in single, not even days, in single hours, we were setting world records. And it was long before uh, other politicians took up on that idea. And i was always inspired by that and not to knock my favorite guy ron paul he's a real sweet guy by the way i don't know what your feelings on are but i've oh, been to his ron house paul. and his wife has baked cookies for my children and given them <laughs> swimming lessons so they that is how cool these people are and she made lemonade and then she made spaghetti with chili which by the way the pauls eat chili with noodles
0: <laughs> they say to. And, uh, fun fact.
1: <laughs> yeah, they say to never meet your idols, but in this case, it sounds like quite the opposite.
2: The chili with noodles was good, and I don't eat chili with noodles most of the time. Anyway. I don't have to try uh, that. <laughs> but I was inspired by that, and I saw that we could do so much as an active liberty movement. But here we are, 14 years later, and people kind of have turned back to the political sphere for all of their solutions instead of coming together and saying, hey, let's do stuff as a community in the liberty movement where like, focused on elections so much. And I guess there's still always merits in that. And there's a lot of people who are focused that way. But we could just do so much more if we got out of that tiny little box in a corner of politics and came to the real world, because the majority of Americans don't care about politics, no matter what they tell you on the television about a oh, majority of people like Hillary, the majority of people like Trump or whatever election you're in. No, they don't, because the majority of people don't vote.
1: True. I want to give a standing ovation right now.
2: And that's with both (laughs) of them combined.
1: True. Very true. Yeah. Um, You know, what's interesting about this, David, is that liberals tend to pride themselves as being tolerant, compassionate people, willing to help others. I mean, is there any lefties or progressives that, you know, are doing similar things? Or is it safe to say that like only libertarian basement dwellers who live with their parents are the people that are employing these type of grassroots techniques for fundraising? No,
2: no crowdfunding and GoFundMe and things. And it's funny because even the people at GoFundMe have this view that eventually we shouldn't have a GoFundMe. We should have uh, universal healthcare that'll take care of this and whatever. And, and I think that's dumb. But at the same time, they do offer a platform where people are able to come together voluntarily and take care of other human beings, which I think is great. So maybe that's one example, the CEOs at GoFundMe, and and they're still kind of sketchy. Sometimes they'll deplatform certain fundraisers that don't line up with their ideology. But, But it does exist. I do think it exists. I think there is a charitable spirit out there that could easily be captured by the liberty movement because we do it the best.
1: Right, but there's no like occupied Democrats like type of group. Oh no! Right, oh that's no! Doing and, and in, fact, like this.
2: in fact, when I got started on doing this in 2018, I started searching just to find out if that was the case because I would find cases of leftists that needed things, and I would find situations where somebody needed help with something, and I would go to Occupy Democrats and I would drop the link to the fundraiser and I would say, "Hey guys." And it would get the most likes, by the way. So it was the most relevant comment, and everybody was seeing it. And that was back before algorithms completely decided who they were going to hide in the comment section. I would go to Occupy Democrats, and I'd say, hey, you're making a post right now about how the government doesn't help these people in this specific situation. So how about you put that rhetoric into action and your community take care of this person right now? Zero. Absolutely zero donations. And I, I believe, actually, it wasn't a medical case. It was somebody who was being evicted by Wells Fargo. And you know how they love to talk big about getting back at those evil banks that evict people and foreclose on people's homes. And I said, here's your opportunity right now to pay off somebody's mortgage entirely. And they didn't take it. But the Liberty Means community raised the remainder of that person's mortgage, and she owns that house now.
1: It sounds like the Trump vaccine syndrome, where it's like, no, we're not going to donate to this guy. He's a libertarian. We can't trust what he's going to do with it, or maybe some nonsense like that. Who knows how they justify it? but you know, I I certainly applaud you for trying and and at least uh, putting it in their, their, their radar. I
2: I give them the opportunity, right? It's up to them if they're going to make fools of themselves by not doing it. And they do.
1: (laughs) So um, how do you decide who is going to get the the fundraising or who who you're going to fundraise for? And are people reaching out to you at this point?
2: Yeah, so I have been doing crowdfunding and I basically call myself a crowdfunder at this point. Um, since, and, and I, I take my audience, I make memes, I make jokes, and my memes, I, I think that they're funny. Maybe people don't think that they're funny. I don't know, but they were enough to build an audience of more than 700,000 people by the time they zucked us in 2018. So that tells me something. My memes were getting shared and reaching millions of people. And I said, we can do so much more with this audience that we have. And so I got into crowdfunding. That was in March of 2018. I got started doing that to help people. And we were doing it so well that I decided we, just, we should just always do this. And the problem came, well, between donor fatigue and what I've described before about libertarians kind of hiding their light and staying in their political corner. Um, people didn't really share the causes so that they would grow and that more people would get involved. It was kind of the same donor base and staying the same. And then the other issue is with a variety of causes, you get what's called tire kickers. And they'll come to your cause and say, uh, this one this one doesn't look like it's worthy. I'm going to wait for the next one. And then the next one comes along. Uh, this isn't quite what I signed up for either. So it'll be somebody who needs groceries well i don't i believe they should buy their own groceries so screw them and move on to the next one. Oh, that person needs a surgery don't they have medicaid move on and so that would happen again and again but now we have a singular focus and it's people who have an obvious need that does not have a program that takes care of it and so people have been a lot more involved now and what's happening is Because it's such a neglected subset of society, people are coming to me with their needs. So right now I have over 60 causes waiting for my help who are like, just please be my miracle that helps me take care of this cause. And at the rate we're going, that's over a year worth of fundraisers. And I don't want it to take that long. I want to be able to get 5,000 members that are active every single day and have 5,000 likes on every, every single post that we make about it, Where to the point where it's, it's unavoidable and it's inevitable that it becomes viral and that everybody gets the help that they need, where you have a rotating donor base of thousands of people on any given day that are ready to go and say, oh, you posted a new cause, bam, here's a whole bunch of money, let's flood it and get on to the next one. That's my dream for it. And right now, that had, we started, we had already funded like $120,000 worth of causes in only, what was it, like four, four and a half weeks from an audience of only about 3,000 members of this group, wheelchair vans from Liberty Memes fans. And now it's grown to 4,500 members. What happens when that 4,500 invite 25 people to join, the, to join the group and you know now you end up with close to 150,000 members or those people invite 10 people and you end up with a million and a half members? There are charitable groups online with more than a million people in them. Why don't we do that as libertarians? There's plenty more than a million libertarians that are on Facebook.
1: Absolutely, man. No, that's, that's so important. And I'm glad that you mentioned that. I know um, I've donated, supported over the years, uh, not as much as I could, uh, but I'll certainly be trying to uh, like, share and, and promote as much as I can. And, uh, you know, we, we usually try to, to talk about solutions at the end of the, each podcast that we do, but I mean, this is the whole entire Podcast has basically, it's basically been a solution, yeah. And it's well,
2: well, you know, well, you know, that's this should help you, and it should help my page grow, and it should help every libertarian page grow out there, whether you like the page or not. By the way, there's some that we like, some that we don't like. Whatever, um, but if you believe in something, share it. Yes. If there's something you believe in, if you think that you're going to change the world just by sitting there herdering at a couple of memes every day and posting a couple of yours you're not if you're not getting that in front of somebody new and that was why i always stayed on facebook even though they abused us a lot it was like but i can still reach somebody new i've always been addicted to at least reaching one new person every day and uh we have this and i've discussed it before that we have this kind of uh, inward turning that we're undergoing, where we're turning inward and we're not really caring about others right now. And if others are building something, we're like, well, I wanted to build that and I didn't, so I'm not going to help you build it. Um, but libertarian pages or liberty-minded or, or ANCAP or voluntarist pages, we suffer a lot from this where we look at each other like, oh, well, I'm not going to help you build your product. <laughs> Screw you. I'm going to build mine. Like, why aren't we doing that together? There's plenty of us that We can all reach this, you know, bigger audiences. So we do have that problem where people won't click like or they won't click share or they won't interact. They'll just look. And I call that lurking. And in my group, a lot of people are offended by the word lurk because uh, they think that it means that I want to force them to donate to absolutely every single cause. And I actually don't. I would much prefer that everybody be active all the time. That's all I want. Just be active. And if you're active, that means you're leaving a comment so that other members can see. Because obviously algorithms vary things. Just be active. Just click the share button every once in a while. Tag a few friends on a post and say, hey, come check this group out that's helping people. It's, it's wholesome. It's not like we're doing anything that hurts anybody except for the fact that we hurt their feelings when we call them lurkers for not doing anything. But I'm like, what's the point of joining a charity group? Or what's the point of even being a libertarian activist if you're not actually spreading the message? You're not an activist at all. Well put. So yeah. I, think, I think there's some stuff that we can address in the liberty movement where we've kind of just come, become apathetic. And part of that, I would blame the social engineering of censorship. And I would blame the social engineering of algorithms and them determining who gets to say what, because we got to a point where we're like, well, what's the point? It's nobody's going to see it anyway. Yeah. And that's actually not true. I've proven that it's not true because we just raised $180,000 for people in need in less than eight weeks from a brand new group that I started just by inviting my regular friends list.
1: Well, I think uh, you've touched on a lot of important topics today, David. And you're breaking some barriers here on things that I, I personally have thought on and maybe sat on maybe a little too long. But the fact that you're you're pushing these this charity through voluntary interaction, I mean, that's huge. But I think also addressing this fact that libertarians, yeah, they they don't tend to want to help each other much, and it's kind of this weird mentality. You know, I know we all understand. The benefits of competition but there is such a thing called cooperation right that's basically competing with others but also assisting and enabling them when you can i think that's the path forward right because we're not just doing what? this to stroke our ego we're actually trying to make some change here we're trying to move the ball forward so yeah, we, we need to also but, but that's
2: that's kind of a paradox in libertarian thought as well because we believe that market principles reward good actors and if you're doing a good thing then you do deserve a reward for that good thing and so we have this market thought of yeah well the, the market is going to decide to reward people who are doing the right thing and at the same time saying I'm not going to reward you because yes. because I want to do mine it's it doesn't it's kind of a paradox there yes. but uh, we. Fortunately, have been blessed with, I I would say, a reawakening in the libertarian movement that I haven't seen since Ron Paul ran for president and we did those money bombs and everybody was just there for each other. And that's kind of my model of activism is everybody who believes in something being involved in that something at all times. I kind of live and breathe this and I have for the last 14 years. Some people get tired. And that's fine, you know, take a break, but come back.
1: Right. Yeah. Philosophy, knowledge, uh, they're not going to do us much good if we're not actually putting them into action. So uh, absolutely, man. Um, Matt, did you want to say anything before we kind of wrap this up?
0: No, man, I just want to say how inspiring this is, you know, how fast it's growing. It really, it truly does give me hope. And I'm sure that uh, when our listeners go and Check this out. They can see for themselves, you know, it's a group that's almost 5000 members who's raising, you know, close to a quarter of a million dollars to help people out. And no one's being forced to do anything. And um, it's going to an amazing cause. And and I'm, you know, hopefully uh, when we do share this, we can get it over that 5000 and and this could this could take off and blow up and get those 60 people that you said had on a waiting list. Hopefully we can, uh, you know, get them rolling through so we're not having to wait a year for that.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. You know, liking and sharing and commenting is free work, making a post to the group. The funny thing about this group also is I design these because I'm a meme lord or meme page admin, I design these pages to be non-traditional. So we're helping people directly instead of going through a, a you know a text shield or something like that. It's just You have a cause, I'm going to give you some money. I don't care if I'm getting a write-off over over it or not. It's because I care about you as a human being. Here's some money directly to you so you can take care of what you need. None of it goes through government. None of it goes through an organization that needs it as a tax shield. Um, And people will also, the, the biggest problem I face right now in Liberty Movement is that when you do these things and you announce it to the Liberty Movement, hey, everybody, come over here. Look over here. We're doing something awesome. We're changing the world. We're making life a lot easier for people who deserve to have their lives made easier. And they're like, well, you're just virtue signaling. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Because virtue signaling is how you explain that you support something, but you literally do absolutely nothing other than explain it to support that thing we're not those people, we are helping people and changing lives. And that's the thing. If you believe that you're taxed too much, if you believe that some of these services shouldn't exist, the people who are disabled and need transportation have to rely on community organizations that are taxpayer-funded. They have to rely on social services, which is taxpayer-funded, to coordinate their Medicaid cabs or their rides to the community center or their rides here and there. On Sunday, they can't go to church unless somebody else with an accessible vehicle comes and picks them up. They can't be a part of their community or their family. So there are so many people along the way. For every single disabled person, there is got to be at least a team of 20 25 people plus a few thousand taxpayers taking care of that burden. And when you give them a vehicle, you do not create dependency. You have finally liberated them from that entire system, not only them, but the burden on the entire system. And that is amazing. And so you have it every single time that you give somebody who needs a wheelchair van, which by the way, having a wheelchair van in the disabled community makes you one of the top percent. Most of them do not have it. They rely on the transport that's available with community centers and other things like that. So having a wheelchair van, you give them the freedom to do anything they want without having to rely on that entire giant support system. And you really make an impact on all of them. But of course, they're going to say, hey, where's, where's Greg? How come we don't have to pick up Greg anymore? Well, because Greg can drive himself. Wow. And that impacts. And, and how did that come about? Because Greg doesn't have a job. Oh, well, a bunch of libertarians stepped in and said, here's a van. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing.
1: Absolutely, man. It, it really is. is. And the more we
2: do that, the more we do that, the more thousands of people we impact with every single individual cause. And this is not abstract or tangential.
1: Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. How can people who aren't on Facebook or following your page follow or support you? And is there anything you want to plug?
2: Well, right now we're just doing it on Facebook. So it's through the Facebook group wheelchair vans from Liberty memes fans. Uh, people can also sponsor my work by going to patreon.com libertymemes Liberty memes. I do actually dedicate 16 hours a day to this because I believe in it. I eat, sleep and breathe this. And I'm always trying to think of new strategies. Uh, I was referring to the fact that it's a non-traditional group. And what I mean is we drive all these causes by memes. So every time there's a cause, members decide to make memes and they post it to the group and they include the cause link. If you're in wheelchair vans from Liberty Memes fans and you're a little bit confused because you see a couple thousand different images and every one of them comes with a link, take a look at the link because it's probably the same link as those other couple hundred images because we'll drive the cause all week long with a meme campaign. And so if, if a cause isn't funded, that's the one that you donate to because we do every single cause until it's completed. And we do them one at a time. Brilliant.
1: All right, folks, please don't forget to consider donating or subscribing. Uh, go to the top of our website, the freethoughtproject.com. And at the top you'll find uh, tabs with those links. And also you are there, go ahead and sign up for our newsletter, it's basically daily emails, check out legal shield while you're there and follow us on social media. We're on 16 different social media platforms now. And follow Matt and myself on Twitter. I'm on Instagram now as well. And uh, oh yeah, please review and rate this podcast, especially if you listen on Spotify. Apparently-
2: Can I I give one shout out? Oh yeah, of course, man. Okay, I just want to thank, first of all, obviously the Liberty Memes community for being there for us, for helping us rebuild and being able to create such an amazing project that's doing so much. I want to thank you guys. Uh, But I also want to give a really special shout out to Spike Cohen. Because Spike has been using his blue check mark for good instead of evil, and it, it, he has helped us get attention for so many causes, and he has been uh, basically a partner in this. and And he says he sometimes when he starts running causes for us, he gets requests for him to run causes, and he really can't do that with the type of audience and the way his page is directed. Uh, but we can, and we've been able to do a lot thanks to the fact that he's able to direct people toward us for it.
1: Yeah. Spike is a total gem, man. You know, he's probably one of the most important living libertarians we have right now. And just the fact that he's taken on the LP too, you know, I mean, a lot of the libertarians that we, we idolize and look up to don't really play that game. And Spike is just uh, an awesome crusader for Liberty. So well, well, he's
2: like me, you know, he's, he, he's like me, he's involved in the political sphere because in some way you have to be with this philosophy, but at the same time, he's like, you know, we could also do some stuff in the real world, everybody. And that's where we're really, really, really can make a huge difference. And we already are. It's not like this is something abstract. This is proven. We're doing it. And the more people join us, the more we're doing it.
1: Be the change in society that you want to see like David. And, uh, you know, he's out here talking the talk and walking the walk. So you're definitely an inspiration, brother. Uh, you know, we're all fighting for what we believe is right. And and sometimes we're fighting the different battles, but still in the same war. And I, I believe you're probably one of the most important generals in the liberty movement. And your actions prove that the voluntary world can exist. And we that can, it works. The sure, point is to lay
2: groundwork for the fact that it works. Sure. And we right. can implement it. You get rid of that welfare system. We already have a system to replace, to replace it with. We don't have to use our imagination about who will build the roads. This is something that will be done.
1: Right. Absolutely. Well, you're a leader who's doing great things and the world needs more great leaders. So thank you for that. And thanks so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Always for Liberty, friends.